This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown Raiders. Would you believe it? This is unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are, Raider Nation, back in studio. Had a couple days away from the home studios, but we're back here holding it down. Myself, Demon Cotton, behind the wheels of steel, making everything go. He's got his hoops jacket on today. I don't know what hoop team you were playing on. Ridgeway, you said that was back in Memphis, huh? That was your, that was some of your Memphis roots? No, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't go to Ridgeway. It's just, uh, just some nice merch. <laughs> Where'd you pick that up at then? You just randomly had a jacket from Memphis? Family, friends, assistant coach on the team. Oh, okay, okay. So you yeah. just had to know somebody. No coaches, no coaches. Yeah, my dad's a high school basketball coach, so you just, you know, you know people. Wait a minute, hold on. Your dad's a high school basketball coach, and you ain't no better at boops than that? You've never seen me hoop. But what I you know mean? your skill. I already know where your skill level's at. It's not high. Yo, starting off the show, <laughs> hating. No, it's not hate. We not even two minutes in and he hate. Why is it always got to be hate? It's not hate. It's just going back to, you well, know. Well, it's definitely disrespect. Nah, man. We not... know your skill. Man, ain't seen me touch a basketball and now he's well, trying to disrespect Well, that tells y'all I need me. to know. That's pretty much, I've seen 18,000 pictures of you grabbing weights and I ain't never been to the gym with you. I'm just saying. So Have I say? not? You show everybody pictures of you in the gym flexing. And I ain't never gone to the gym with you, but I've seen that. I ain't never seen a basketball or a ball at all in your hand. All right, guys. I guess I got to pull out the yearbook. <laughs> pull out the, the yearbook. yearbook. I don't know what you Is want. Is that what you got the award for at Perump? Exactly. Yearbook? I mean, team captain, what you want from me? Team captain. This guy. I want to know, man. is that like Richie Incognito team captain where you didn't play all season, but you were still a team captain because everyone liked you? No, they were looking for me for leadership. <laughs> What we going to do? I know that's right. I got the leadership <laughs> skills, baby. That's right. It ain't about what I'm doing on the court. I'm keeping everybody together. I heard that. Anyway, I just been, I ain't been in the studio in a couple days, man. I just wanted to come in and welcome you back or welcome myself back with open arms. That's all. I just felt pretty good about the way the show was going to start. Right out the gates. Man, with friends like you, man, who needs enemies? <laughs> Hey, man, I always take good care of you, man. You know, I Walk always invite you out door. to everywhere I go, you know. I'm trying to learn you, man. I'm Wearing trying to learn your jumpsuit. <laughs> My hairline better than yours. I mean, it is. Yo, cute little boy. I mean, you know. Can't be slipping around cute. <laughs> he gonna let you know. <laughs> That's just let you know that we have a good time around here, man. And sometimes you just need to laugh. <laughs> You know what I mean? So that's what we're going to do. We do have a, a, a fantastic show lined up for you, though, uh, coming up today. As uh, Excited to be back at the home studio. Coming up at 3 o'clock, Jay Morrison from The Athletic. He'll join us to break down the Cincinnati Bengals. They're the next team up on the schedule for the Silver and Black. And, you know, as much as doom and gloom as there's been on the airwaves, on just in, in general, thoughts from fan bases, look, there's still a lot of games still to be played. The Raiders can still make a lot of moves still. You know, they, they can get on a on a nice hot streak and then boom, who knows what happens. But again, you can only take it one game at a time. So coming up on Sunday will be the Cincinnati Bengals, the back-to-back, the first back-to-back home games of the season, which is kind of cool. I'm excited about that. That means more money, huh? That, that's what that's yep. what that fist pump was. Mo money, mo money, mo money. Yep. That's what Lincoln Can't said the other day. Back. That's what Lincoln said to you the other day when uh when I said, I think I'm gonna go to, to Lincoln's uh, restaurant. 
I thought when you told him he was going to be like, oh, cool, tell Q, thanks for the support. All Lincoln said was, Mo Money, Mo Money. Did you go? No. Uh, no, I didn't go that heard night. heard him say that. He's like, nah. No, I was, my dad was in town, and so I, I let my dad pick where he wanted to go. I figured that that was, like, you know, the nice thing to do. It's Pops, you know. He's not in town anymore, though. So, <laughs> so you know, we just, we were going. My dad is, and he was living here in the Las Vegas area for a long time. He, uh, he he took us to every hot spot that he knew. And, oh, have you been here? You know how that goes. Have you been here? I was like, no. Oh, man, we got to go here. So we, you know, we were all over the place uh, checking out different restaurants and stuff like that that we had never been to. And uh, for the most part, he was pretty spot on. Okay. You know, I've and, and it's funny, and I'm not trying to give, uh, you know, free plugs or anything on the radio, but man, Gordo's Tacos are off the chain. Have you ever hit that at three o'clock in the morning after the club? I'm a Roberto's guy. Okay, well, that's fine. No, but I know Gordo. Fine. <laughs> fine, man. No, I didn't mean to offend you. When you hit the caveat of 3 a.m. after the club, I'm a Roberto's guy okay. at 3 a.m. after the club. Well, let me tell you, I didn't go to anywhere at 3 a.m. At 3 a.m., I was looking at my eyelids. I'm asleep at 3 a.m., but my dad was telling me that that was a good spot to go if you're going to be out super late. And so when we went there and we got some tacos, it was uh, the whole family. It was, I think we got 20 tacos total. Anyway, we killed them, man. It was great. We absolutely murdered them. So that was that was a good hot spot. That was just one of the many hot spots that my dad took me to while he was here in town. But he's like I said, he uh, he rolled out already. So he's uh he's headed back, or he's already back. I'm about to say he's not headed back. He was back last week, so it's all good. Anyway, didn't mean to get into a conversation of where you go at three o'clock in the morning after uh you know to go get some tacos or whatever. No, this is a great conversation. Oh, that that intrigued you. <laughs> that intrigued you more than the conversation about the basketball. Yeah, no, because nah, because you're trying to denigrate my skills. Nah, I'm not. He was the person that no disrespect, but you nah, know. No, no, I won't even throw that in there. Not, let me, oh, so I all, won't all the disrespect. <laughs> I'm telling you, you trash. I, I mean, I just, I'm, I'm just, yeah. I mean, I kind of, I kind of look at you and think that you don't really have too much hoop game. You know what it is, y'all? It's the height. You know, I'm on the shorter no. side. Proud to admit. No. So you see the height. I've told you before. You can tell a lot by someone by the way they walk, and you don't walk like a hooper. Now he can. T- now he watching the way Have I, I walk. Have I not told you that though? Yeah, he, I, I've he, told you that before. He said that about other people, but exactly. I ain't know, but I ain't know he was saying it about me. <laughs> <laughs> Got to switch up my stride or something. Now. Somebody right now is like, I don't even know if these guys like each other. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if these Yo, guys like you, each other. Like, okay, for Saturday when we at the Rockstar Bar and Grill, if you've seen me walk before, I will have a different walk. Let's see if you can notice <laughs> anything different about me. No, you won't, because when you walk into a place like that, and this is what you do, you walk in with that that proud little, like, yeah, I'm here. I've arrived. I'm in the building. You know? Ping, ping, yeah, 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 yeah. You ready to sign autographs? Super sign autograph. Yeah, that's what you do. You walk in like the superstars in the building. You're, you don't know what it means to just kind of walk in without being seen. You know, it's like slide in the back door and don't let anybody see you. You walk in and you make a statement. And that's okay. That's okay. I'm not mad at that. And then you have to leave with a big entrance or a big exit. Like when I left on Saturday, nobody even knew I left. I was gone. I think I said peace to a couple people and I was gone out of there to the point where I went and ate. We went and had some food. And then I told you about it the other day. And you're like, wait, I didn't know you. I didn't know you went to eat. Well, you didn't even know I left. That's because you were in the zone. Yo, now you got the people on the text line hating. <laughs> I just kind of glimpsed they, of they it. Hate, they're not hating. They just understand what's going on. I'm telling you. And, and look, it sounds like I'm dogging him. You want to play one-on-one? You want a three-point shootout? I mean, what you want to do? Hey, look, I was never a three-point shooter. I'll tell you that. But I have the mid-range game, and I'll take you to the bucket. And I'll rise above you. Like, I'll jump. And I'll get to the 10th floor, and I'll leave you at the 7th. You know what I mean? Like, you just – it just won't be any competition. <laughs> you think you're going to make it up there? Oh, I'm, no, there's no doubt about it. Hard See, foul, see and that's the thing. That's fine. That's fine. You act like I started playing hoops today. 
The thing about it is, Demond. It doesn't sound like Demond dogs me too much, but Demond always tries to get after me because I'm old, and he tries to hit me with every kind of old joke, and I'm okay with that because I try to let him know. I try to educate him. Now I might be older than you, but I got that wisdom. And one day you're going to share the same kind of stories with somebody else. Matter of fact, on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium, right when I was wrapping up Q's kickoff, the little pregame pregame show, Demond was talking. I don't even know how we got on the conversation, but Demond basically told me and Vinny, who were, we were wrapped up the show together, that we had no game. And no, basically you said we had no game. How did we get in the conversation? I swear we'll get into the show in a minute. No, y'all, y'all listen to me right now. Go ahead. Because Q is just, you know, throwing dirt on my name right now. I don't know how. I don't remember how it got there. How did it get to that conversation? It was something about yeah, you being old, but you and Vinny both right. on, on the older side. Come and on, and I'm proud of that. Yeah, but 45. then Q was just like, "Hey, man, yo, if yo, all these girls out here, we, we could both oh, walk around right that's now, right. No. and I could come back with more no, numbers than no, you." No, you know what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's like, what happened. Yes, yeah, and, no. and it was like, "How we get here?" Man? I know how we got to that conversation now because Vinny said I was telling you something about we were we were talking about racing. Remember the guy goes, "Oh, can I video it right here?" Remember? Oh yeah, somebody was saying Q and I should have a race. Yeah, and we'd race right there. And then Vinny said, he told you, he's like, one day, Damon, you're going to be sitting here like we are, and you're going to tell someone younger these same stories. And uh, you're like, no, 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 because I got game. And I go, oh, I got game. I got all the game. And then that's when I said, and that's the statement I said. I said, I can walk, I can circle Allegiant Stadium right now, and I guarantee we can start at this, this point. I can walk all the way around the circle of the building and get back here and end up with more phone numbers in my pocket than you would. Now, there's consequences and repercussions if I did that, so I'm not going to. But if I could, to prove a point, I would, just to show you what's up. Because when you're older, man, you got game. We, we, we have so much game and knowledge. It's like when my dad used to beat me in basketball. I was more athletic than him, but he had game. He knew what he was doing. Just like an athlete, when they start to get older, they might not be the most athletic dude anymore, but they, know, they have the knowledge on how to win. You know what I mean? Like that's, and that's what I'm trying to learn you. That's all I'm trying to learn you is that there's ways to win without being, you know, actually – at the top of your game at that point. That's all. <laughs> you just reminded me of some last time me and my dad played one-on-one. He whooped that tail, huh? Nah, I busted him up. Yo, yo. <laughs> How did you bust him up? He took an elbow to the mouth. Oh, see that? See? <laughs> <laughs> and it was like one of those big, like, family, let's see who got it type moments, you know? And then it was just you know, everybody like, oh, everybody hooting and hollering. It's like, oh, that's cold. Man, you ain't have to do all that. You tomorrow. didn't see. See, that's a that's a. You're one of those. You're one of those angry one on oneers. <laughs> you start losing, you get angry. You want to start fouling and all that. And that's okay. That's okay because I'm I'm one of those cats that I'll talk trash to you while we're playing and while you're fouling, I'll start talking trash to you. Really get you out your game. I definitely am. Like, let's say if we go into 14, you got 13. Well, let's go to 21 then. <laughs> <laughs> so coming up on the show today, love the way that we got started. <laughs> My man James just tweeted at us. Now I got to be at the Rockstar Saturday for DeMond's uh, walk. See, now we got people paying attention to the way you walk. Because you're, cause the reason I say this is because DeMond is, is very strong. He's been in the weight room for a very long time. I'll give him that. This dude is the dude when it comes to lifting weights. But guys that are swole when it comes to their arms, they walk differently than a, just a normal cat. I'm just saying. It's, it's, I'm not discriminating. I'm just telling you. You guys walk different. And I know how to defeat that. And I know how to defeat you. Tell you, we can play anytime you want. Any kind of athletic event you want, I got you. Outside of lifting weights, because I'll lose that every single time. <laughs> I guarantee I lose that. You got me beat every 
every every day, twice a Sunday. Hold on real quick before we get started. Okay, go ahead. Raider Jay in Sacramento says, Damon is like Dwight Howard in an Earl Boykin body. <laughs> <laughs> For um, people who don't know, Earl Boykin was one of the shortest players in the NBA Absolutely. at 5'5". Five five. Absolutely. And obviously Dwight Howard has some of the best shoulders in the game right now. He does. So, uh, I but he, he don't have no heart, though. Dwight Howard ain't yeah, got no, no heart. No, he just said, like, the body. Kobe tried to teach him, man. See, Kobe, I'm like Kobe. Rest in peace. I'm t- Kobe tried to learn Dwight Howard on how to be a winner, and, and Dwight didn't want nothing to do with it. He wanted nothing to do with it. Kobe tried to teach him. Kobe said, you follow my lead, young buck, and I'll get you there. Oh, I don't need no Kobe Bryant. Oh, I don't need no old man telling me how to be a winner. Watch where this, watch where this ends up, guys. Go ahead. No, no, don't go there. No, don't, I, don't be he, foul, man. No, don't be foul. No, Q was about to finish this story where I'm Kobe and you Dwight, Devon. I know that's where it was going. No, I already said that. Oh, he already said it. I did. I, I mean, that shows how well you pay attention. I literally said that to start the whole thing. I said, I'm like Kobe. Rest in peace. I was already rolling my eyes, so yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah. See, youngsters <laughs> don't listen. I'm giving you a million dollars worth of game for free, and you ain't even listening. Unbelievable. Anyway, coming up on the show today. (laughs) Three o'clock, Jay Morrison from The Athletic will join us to talk all things Cincinnati Bengals. We're scheduled to have at some point in the three o'clock hour, which is going to make that hour very, very busy. We're supposed to have Raiders corner Nate Hobbs, rookie corner Nate Hobbs. He's supposed to join the show. I have him penciled in at 315, but that doesn't mean he's going to join us at 315. Again, that hour could get a little crazy because they're doing workouts. They're doing all kinds of things over at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. So you can't really pencil in and lock in an exact time. But Nate Hobbs is supposed to join the show in the second hour. And then at 330, we'll have Paloma Villicana from Fox 5 Sports. She joins us weekly to talk UNLV athletics. And Friday, it's a big one for UNLV athletics. You have football. You have the Chuck Wagon's last home game ever. He's going to be playing at Allegiant Stadium on Friday. At uh, uh, later later on, you have UNLV basketball, and who's coming to town? Michigan, number four ranked Michigan, coming off of a L to Seton Hall, is coming to Las Vegas at the T-Mobile Arena. That, my friend, is going to be a hell of a game. And I'm torn right now. I don't know which game to go to. I don't know if I should go to the football game or if I should go to the basketball game. I have not seen. The running Rebels in person yet since I've been here. Obviously, they're 3-0 and on the season. But they're, Michigan's coming to town? Michigan? That's a big deal, dog. It is Jawan Howard out here. He's coaching. That's a big deal. Michigan, you got the Wolverines coming to town. That's huge. That is big time. And they're coming off a loss to Seton Hall and UNLV's 3-0. and I'm not saying UNLV's going to win the game. but I am. Okay, well, that's fine. I'm saying with the style that they play... Because I know that they play some real nasty defense. That's how they've been winning their games, really. I mean, anything's possible. I mean, it really is. I mean, especially in college hoops. You never know what's going to happen. College bat- uh, football, it's a little bit easier to say, okay, that upset's not going to happen. College hoops, you never know. I'm excited about it. So, I guess with all that, I'm kind of leaning towards going to the basketball game. But I also want to see Chuck Wagon for the last time in person. Who, who's coming off a monster game that he just had against Hawaii. Man, that's, oh, that's an interesting one. Because I do want to give him that support. But UNLV, man, this basketball it's not, team. Michigan don't come to town all the time. Exactly. You know what I mean? You know you know what I was thinking about? What were you thinking about? We could probably try to get the Chuck Wagon on the show, you know? He's a journalism major, you know? All right. I'm sure, he, I'm sure he'd want to work those chops, flex those chops. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. How did, how did getting Coach Arroyo on go? He don't do, he don't do, yo. That was like a he don't do nothing besides his obligated shows. My business hours are from nine to five. That's why I didn't reach out and let you. That's why I let you go ahead and handle that. Hey, 
Busy man. Hey, but you know, you're guaranteed to miss a shot you don't take. Yeah, he's winning now, so hey. I'll, so, I'll, there you go. Huh? Big off. time. I'll back hey, off. big time. He big times you now. Now he's got two wins in a, under his belt in a row. And he big times you. No, he's, he's, I know he does a, a lot of different obligations, and especially I think this week they changed their practice to nighttime because of uh, the game on Friday. So I, I know that they have a, a whole lot going on, so I'm not, uh, not mad at that at all. But uh, yeah, so that should be an interesting day on Friday. So we'll talk to Paloma Villacana about that. Uh, the whole thing, the whole day of UNLV athletics is it's going to, like I said, it's going to be action packed. So uh, before we take a break, and uh, this is, like I said, we got off to a, a fantastic start here on the show today. I uh, don't know how we really did that, how we went down that rabbit hole, but sometimes that happens. I uh, had a couple of questions that I want to throw out there. Uh, Rich Basaccia, he met with the media earlier today. Also, Derek Carr, he met with the media earlier today. Uh, there's other players that are meeting with the media, and uh, we'll kind of give you some thoughts on on what they have to say a little bit throughout the course of the show. But I had a couple different questions for you one what needs to happen for the Raiders to get back on track how do they go about correcting the issues that you've seen them go through the last couple weeks what do they need to do to get back on track and then there's eight games left guaranteed what do you think the Raiders are going to do with those eight games eight games left it could go great one way it could just be mediocre, or it could go really bad another way. What do you think? Let us know. 702-365-9200. Also, the Sam and Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R, 69187, keyword R&R. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Coming up at 3 o'clock, Jay Morrison from The Athletic will join us to talk all things Cincinnati Bengals, what the Raiders should expect on Sunday from Cincinnati, who's on a two-game losing streak of their own. So uh, they're coming off a bye week, and their record, if you go back and look, their record coming off a bye is not very good. So uh, two teams that I think are going to be pretty evenly matched on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. So we'll talk to Jay Morrison about all things Cincinnati Bengals coming up at 3 o'clock. By the way, he's the guy that's going to be also in the helicopter ride with me on Saturday morning. So I'm pretty fired up and excited about that. Everyone said it's going to be a little chilly, so I'll make sure I grab my jacket. I ain't got no problem doing that. I'll grab a jacket. I'll grab a hoodie. I'll do all that. I don't. There's one thing I don't like being is cold. That's the one thing. So I ain't going to be cold. Do you even have like a thick winter coat? Oh, come on, Doc. Do I have a winter coat? I got all kind of jackets in the in the closet. Hoodies, jackets. That's who. That's who I am. Like I said, I could take those off if I get hot. I don't like being cold. That is the worst. I told you what, before the show starts, man, it's cold in the studio. <laughs> I said that before the show starts, man, it's cold in here today. What's going on? DeMond said it's been cold in here all week. Well, there you go. 223 is the time. Let's go out to the Raider Nation listener line at 702-365-9200. Talk to our guy, our friend, passionate Raider. What's on your mind, my man? What's happening, man? Good afternoon, gentlemen. Yes, sir. Hey, man. You know, I, I listen. I, I in this day and era, you got to be more of a of a listener than a believer, because this world will feed you a bunch of BS. You know, and, and I say that to say this: I listened to, to 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 Derek today, okay, in a press conference. Man, he needs to have his microphone only able to speak for five seconds and cut that off, because he just talks and repeats and repeats, and it's like he tries to make you believe what he. And I just think in my head when he's talking like. Where is he seeing this at? Like, what is he trying to tell us? What story is he trying to make us believe? Because what he says isn't what happens. So I, I'm just, I, I don't know, dude. It just, it, gets, it just gets me a little frustrated, man. But, but um, with, with saying that, I say this, man. Two weeks ago, we went into the bye 
with everything ahead of us. Mm-hmm. We, we come out of the bye, duck, duck. What, what, what? What what can we do? I mean, like, what 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 can it take for these guys to realize? Because if they don't beat Cincinnati, that Dallas game, that other game, I, I mean, it's just it's just like the downhill snowball that just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. But then as I'm sitting here on hold, I'm just scrolling through Twitter, and tell me what you can't hide from nothing on social media today, man. They got the they got the Chiefs DBs on the sideline clowning Carr on that interception, talking about he threw up a duck. He's scared. He's scared. Like, this is what, what, what you know, because I, I see that as I listen to him talk and the things. And what he says with defenses and what he see, it's like they don't have to prepare hard for Derek. They're going to take his two plays away and it's over with. Get a lead and it's over with. That's why I still, you know, I've, I've been looking today because, you know, I watched the stuff Curry last night. Man, with the team he has, that guy's better every single year. And Derek keeps getting this and that, or we take this, we save the defense, we take his players away on offense and give him a defense. Now he's got the line. Now we can save the line. Then we can save the receivers. We can save this, this, and this. But we have to admit it all falls back down on to Derek Carr and him leading and making plays because his guys are open, man. Waller's open. Them guys are been open, man. And he's just too scared in that pocket, man. And I don't know what a coach – can do to make a player better. And then when they're going to practice, he talks about the DBs, this, the practice, but, 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 but how? I just don't see how he sees this stuff and tries to make us believe this when the action on the field proves that the man's scared in the pocket, man. All right. Thank you for the call, Passionate Raider. And I'll say this. I don't think it's scared in the pocket. I heard Lincoln Kennedy breaking it down yesterday on Vinny's show, and I think he, I think he said it perfectly. He's got to learn how to trust the line. And I don't think he always trusts the line. I, I, can, I can agree with that 100%. I'm not going to call it scared. The guy doesn't survive eight years in the league if he's playing scared. I mean, you know, it just, it just doesn't happen. So I, don't, I know that's the, easiest, the easy word to use. I don't, I don't reference it as scared. I think it's, he's got to learn to trust the pocket. And you've got to trust his line. And sometimes he does. And other times he doesn't. And... I, I agree that when you said that the Chiefs defensive backs were saying that he threw a duck up there, I agree. I agree that that duck that was intercepted, that was that was a bad one, even though I know his hand got hit and I know his arm got hit, but I think that would have got picked off anyway. It's about to throw it into triple coverage. I also didn't like the throw that he made when it didn't get intercepted and just kind of fell to the ground, but it was just thrown up there. And he even said after the game, he was just trying to force it down the field, trying to make a play. That's when I said it looked like he was frustrated. And with 11 minutes left in the game, if they got the ball back, Go ahead and put Marcus in. And a lot of Raider fans took that personal and got upset about that. But that's what I was seeing because it just looked like he was frustrated. The the offensive line wasn't protecting the way they should have been. They weren't connecting. They were close. You know, Brian Edwards had scored a touchdown earlier coming out of the uh, out of the locker room. Deshaun Jackson looks like he's about to go down to score a touchdown. And, well, we also know what happened after that. And then all of a sudden the game just got away from him. So, it, 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 to me, it felt like a lot of things happened. They got him to the point where he was frustrated and got out of who he is. A lot of things did go wrong in that game, but we've seen like the, those first couple of games of the season, he can come back. So to mm-hmm. say like, ah oh, man, if they, if they get a lead on him, he's showing you that the, right. uh, like he can come down from a two-score deficit. And look, we've been talking about it for weeks. We've been talking about how great he's been. So I'm not going to all of a sudden say that he can't do this or he can't do that. He's not throwing the ball because for weeks, everybody was talking about how great he was, including myself. 
So I'm not going to backtrack on that now. Yeah, I know that the records aren't the same, but it's the same like Matt Stafford in L.A. He's lost two in a row. Oh, oh, don't get me started on Matt Stafford. Don't get me started on that. Don't get me started on that conversation. Because <laughs> I guarantee you I'm the one who said Matt Stafford and Derek Carr were basically the same quarterback. And I guarantee you right now, you switch and put Derek Carr in the, in the position with Stafford, he'd be having the same success or, well, the last couple of games, lack of success that Stafford has had. I promise you they are no different, but yet Stafford is – considered elite and Derek Carr is considered good I'm glad you bring that up too because it's almost like the excuses the Tennessee game is like oh the game got away from him that's basically the same game that Carr had against the Chiefs or it's just like sometimes you look and then it's just like man we down by that much right it happens and it's nothing you can do like your point it's it's valid like hey just put Marcus in because you can tell he's frustrated and it's just sometimes right. the lead and at that the point so it, was, big, it was like yeah it was, there's nothing to prove here no I mean it was already over like I said, when I tweeted it out, too, I said, if the Raiders even get the ball back. Because the Chiefs had gone on drives of 13 plays, 14 plays, 11 plays, all of that. So I didn't even know if they were going to get the ball back. But if not, if they were, why not? Why not go ahead and throw Marcus out there? I mean, maybe get him some reps so when he does go in there on a fourth and one play, Alex Leatherwood won't have a false start. Maybe he can understand the snap count. Because it looks like every single time, and people hit me up all the time, Q, how come they don't use Marcus Mariota? Well, every time they try to do it, it's a damn penalty. Every single time. False start. You, you think there's a fourth and three play coming? Okay, cool. Fourth and two? Okay, great. Marcus is in. Derek's out wide. Oh, this is great. Cool. I, I'm excited to see it. False start. And like you did, DeMond, when you just rolled your eyes when I started talking about whatever I started talking about, that's what I do. That's what I do in the, in the press box, watching also and see a false start. There's nothing that drives me crazier. Well, there probably is. But still, one of the things that drives me the craziest is pre-snap penalties. Because they're not necessary. They're just concentration penalties. That's it. It's lack of concentration. You know the damn snap count. You know what play is coming. Hold your freaking water. Now, I get it. Sometimes, you know, on defense, it's a big third and eight, third, whatever. You're pinning your ears back. You want to. I get that. I get that. So you, sometimes you get a little amped up. As you know, by listening to me, sometimes you get a little amped up. <laughs> I get a little bit. Sometimes my mom has to text me. Calm down, son. Calm down, son. She's the voice of reason. Sometimes there's no reason in my, in my world. I get it. So I understand defensively. You're trying to make a big play. You might get a little wound up. But offensively, you should never have false starts. No, Wide no, receivers, no. you should never be offsides. I was just going to say, you say defensively, but I, Lincoln mentioned it yesterday on the show. Like Solomon Thomas, he's like, you're over the ball. Yeah, I'm yeah not you're right lie. about Lincoln that. Lincoln mentioned yes. that on the show, That's and I went point. back and I watched that play yes. back, and I was like, Lincoln's 100% right. No, he is. You're yeah. right there over the ball. Right. What are you looking at? Exactly. You're, that's all you're looking at is the ball. And I'm not trying to be you know, super critical. Exactly. Like, but at I, the yeah. same po- time, it's like... Come on. Sometimes it is what's going on right there. Now, if it's a guy coming off the edge, screaming off the edge like a Crosby who's trying to, you know, get that, okay, I get it. And Gakwe, if he happens to do it, fine, I get it. Because more times than not, they're going to do what they need to do. Even with the the, the games that Crosby and, and Gakwe have had, and, and they haven't had big sack numbers, they're still getting pressures. Hell, Max Crosby has 63, according to Pro Football Focus, 63 pressures right now, which is the most in the league of any defensive edge. I mean, think about that. He's got the most, and the, the, the next closest guy is at 50. So it's not even close. Him and Ngakwe are, are over 100 for, uh, for, for pressures of edge rushers. So they're getting pressure. I just would like to see him, you know, get home a couple more times. 
Ngakwe's got six sacks on the season. Crosby has five. You know, you like to see a couple more. But they're at least doing their job. So if every once in a while they get a little wound up and they're going a little bit harder than they need to, I'll get it. I'm not going to hold it against them. But when you're when it's fourth and one, and you know damn well you got a great chance to keep this drive alive, all you got to do is hold your water. Well, damn it, hold it. Hold it. You know when it's supposed to, the ball's supposed to be snapped. And that goes for everyone. It's not just Leatherwood. I just know that the last couple games has happened. Brandon Parker had a false start also. It's like, come on, dog. What are we doing here? You're killing yourself. You're shooting yourself in the foot. That's why on Monday when we were at the media session, I asked Rich Passaccia about pre-snap penalties. How do you get rid of them? And he said, we worked on them during the, during the week. We worked on them, thought we got there. And we didn't. 702-365-9200. That's the Rare Nation listener line. Let's go out and talk to our guy, Madro. What's on your mind, my man? Welcome to the show. Hey, you got a great show going today. But, <laughs> you know, my, my only point today is that I'm kind of frustrated and not with the team. What I'm frustrated with is the fan base. I've been with, with or around both the Raiders since 1977, and I've been in and around football for all 70 of my years. Nice. Now, something changed, something changed coming to Vegas, and I, and I still think, I mean, they finally got the stadium that Al wanted. And, you know, maybe the fan base here doesn't get it because we're used to, like, um, people going to the Coliseum and have a residency for a while, and then they bail. Maybe that's what they think is going to happen right, here. Right. You know, that it's just a weekly entertainment thing. But I have never heard, and like I said, I was in Oakland, I was, I was in L.A., I was back to Oakland. I have never heard more whining when this team loses. And guess what? Look at the last two weeks. Buffalo, Rams twice, um, Tampa Bay, the champions, uh, name a, one of the great teams happening right now, or in theory, great, and they're all getting their ass, their butts kicked every now and again. Right, right. It happens in the NFL. That's why you play the game. You know, even this last game, and I'm not going to try to make excuses, but the truth of the matter is, we dropped two interceptions almost right away. One would have been a pick six and turned into a 14 point turnaround. Um, we fumbled the ball. That could have, that when they got, they got, you know, Kansas City got a field goal out of it and we could have gone in and scored. You know, I, I played it all out with all the, with just a few, like five plays that in essence were a total of 31 points if you include the turnarounds. This could have been a completely different mental game at the beginning had we not dropped stuff. Right. You know, because then they're, they would have been a little shook, like, oh, here we go again. Because Mahomes was not sharp. This sounds funny because, I mean, he threw for 50,000 yards. And, right. You know, but the point is, he was not sharp. If you looked at his passes, they were floating, they were missing their target, but we couldn't do anything about it. And then finally they went 100% with the under, you know, going for six, seven, eight yards and, and yards after the catch. But, you know, the truth is, a loss is we're still five and four. People tend I mean right. tend to forget that we're one game out of first place. Right. For sure. We just have to show up every week. And to hear our fans, 
I'll, you know, I'll stick with the word, just <laughs> go insane. And, and half of them sell their tickets to people from out of town anyway, to, which means they didn't buy the tickets for the experience of going and seeing their team, the Raiders. They went and bought them as an investment. Investment, yeah. Um, and, you know, those are the kind of things I'm going, yeah, this is, it, it kind of, after, put it this way, in Oakland, even in those horrific years, they were selling out. And the fans would go nuts. And the black hole, like my daughter, it was kind of funny because she was on the black hole Sunday, or the new black hole, I should call it. And she says to me, she goes, well, it's not the same, but I think the love's still there. <laughs> you know, and I just started laughing because everything really is different. I, I almost feel like it's a key sheeting San Francisco crowd. Oh. But the point is, it's it doesn't seem like what we used to have. Um, because And like I said, my goodness, we lose. And everybody goes, they all want to get rid of car again. Right. You, know, they talk, you know how they were talking about... Um, or one of the guys was talking about, you know, we get behind and that's it. It's a car has more fourth quarter comebacks than anybody else right now. You know, before you say he can't win a game coming from behind, look at what he's done in eight years. It's insane. Um, he, he's so much better than everybody seems to think here. But, boy, we lose one, and everything has to be done. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know this guy's falling. You know this guy. And thank you so much for the call. I do appreciate you. Uh, got a couple more calls we've got to uh, hurry up and get to. But uh, I'll just say this. I mean, everything is going to be different. L- uh, L.A. isn't Oakland. Oakland isn't Las Vegas. Las Vegas isn't Oakland. L- uh, Las Vegas isn't L.A. I mean, it's just it's, it's always going to be different. It will be different. But I, I don't want to blame the fans. I don't want to blame the venue. I don't want to blame – you know, opposing fans coming. I mean, I just don't. What I say, and, and look, a lot of people talk about, well, there's too much red there at the game. I saw too much red there at the game. You know what the Raiders need to do as a team? I'm not worried about the fans that go. I've, and I've said this multiple times. If you go and handle your business on the field, the fans won't make that noise. They won't be loud. It won't feel like a, a home game for the Chiefs. If you develop one of those home field advantages where you're so damn dominant at home, that opposing fans, if I'm a Chiefs fan and I'm thinking, well, my team is about to go to Vegas to play the Raiders. Oh, the Raiders, they never lose at home. I don't want to go to that. I don't want to go see that because I'm going to spend a lot of money to go to Vegas, spend a lot of money on tickets to see my team lose. They'll think twice. But that's on the team. That's on the team to do that. They've got to go out there and be dominant. We as fans, and I say we because I am a fan first before anything else. You know, I was that guy that spent plenty of time at the Oakland Coliseum. Love the Oakland Coliseum. Love all that about it. We always come up with the reason why, you know, the team is 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 losing. Well, there's too many Chiefs fans there. There was too much Bears fans there. There's too many Eagle fans there. There's no. At some point, we just have to look at the team and say they've got to they've got to go and establish it. They've got to go make it happen. If they like Mark Davis called it the Death Star when he opened it up, where teams. Where teams come, their their dreams come to dry to dry, die, whatever he said. I can't even say it, but you know what I mean. You know the point I'm trying to get to. If they actually established that, where other fans thought, "Oh, the Raiders, they never lose at home. Not gonna, not gonna go waste my money and go to that game. Yeah, Vegas would be cool, but I'm not gonna go there because they don't win." It's not about being intimidating as a fan base. 
I don't care who goes to the game. I honestly don't. I encourage people to come to the game because I want them to spend their money in the city of Las Vegas. I do. It's great for everybody. But just like the Eagle fans, they brought, remember, what, what did they bring? A, a plane? They had a damn plane. Had a whole plane. They had a plane up. cheering, hooting and hollering, excited, fired up. Guess what? They went back on that plane quiet. But the Raiders beat the brakes off the Eagles that, that day. They dominated them. If they start dominating and start winning, and it's not something you could just do in one game or two games. It's something that you've got to do consistently. And you got to develop that. Remember back in the day, and, and, and uh, Madro, will, he'll understand this because he's been a Raider fan forever. Remember when the Raiders were like the most dominant team on Monday Night Football? You knew damn well that when the Raiders played on Monday Night Football, they were winning that game. If they could establish that kind of dominance at home, then you have that home field advantage. I know there's, there's teams in the league right now that you say, oh, they don't lose at, at, at home. And for the longest, the Patriots were that team like, oh, man, they're going to play in Foxborough. Yeah, that's a loss. No one wins there. You know what I mean? Like that's, You've got to establish that. That's part of it. But that's their job. The fan base can only do so much. Let's talk to my guy, P.E. in North Carolina, then we'll take a break. P.E., what's on your mind, my man? Appreciate you. Tupac, what's happening, brother? <laughs> what's up, brother? Not much, man. Look, you, you know where I stand on D.C., but I got to defend him a little bit. You know, in, in years past, man, we've all criticized Derek Carr for throwing the ball in the ground on third down, for throwing the ball away on third down, and we all have said, just throw it up, try to make a play, try to do something. Well, the guy tried to make a play, and it didn't work out. But there's been times on other teams when we've seen plays like that that do work out. Somebody make a, a miraculous catch or there may be a penalty or whatever. So I don't fault D.C. for throwing the ball up. At least he was trying to give his guys an opportunity. And as far as the question you asked, what do we have to do to turn this losing streak around, in my opinion, we have to throw the ball at least 40 times a game, Q. And I don't mean in the third and fourth quarter when we're down by 21. Right. We got to open this thing up. Mm-hmm. We got we to gotta let Derek Carr loose. We got to come out running and gunning and try to put points on the board. A lot of people talk about time of possession and they're trying to help the defense, keep the defense off the field. You know what helps the defense? Scoring points. <laughs> if you score points, that helps your defense. So we got to score points. We got to cut DC loose, man. That's the only way we're going to win. If we lose 45 to 40, I'm good with it. But all this old school trying to run the ball, trying to run the clock out. I'm not with it, man. It's, it, it doesn't work. Our team is not built that way. So we got to go with our strength. And really, our strength right now is our quarterback. We got to let him loose, man. Let him go. Let him let the ball rip and see what happens. That's a great point. That's a great point. And I've been guilty of that. I've been one of those guys that's like, man, pound the rock, pound the rock, get Josh Jacobs cooking. Look, it's just not happening. The run game's just not there. Uh, they got Jacobs and they got Drake. And I know Hondo said it before as well, said, hey, man, uh, the, the passing game is going to have to set up the run game. Got to pass to set up the run. Got to pass to set up the run. This is one of those where, and I, I know the Chiefs have been have been this team before where, oh, they never run the ball. <laughs> they have guys that can run it, but they just never run the ball. You're right, P.E. D.C. might have to throw the ball 45 times a game, 50 times a game for the Raiders to have a chance. They were winning when he did it. Remember the beginning of the season? He was throwing the ball a whole hell of a lot. They were winning games. So if what you're doing right now ain't working, why not give it a try? Why not say, you know what? The run game is just not getting it right now. It's unfortunate because you have two running backs that I think, personally, are really good. Jacobs hasn't got started at all this year. And Kenyon Drake has had you know moments here and there, and that's it. I think Josh Jacobs' best game so far this season came against the Giants. And I know Josh is not happy about that. I promise you he's not happy about that. 
He wants to carry that rock. He wants to dominate. He wants to, you know, do what he does. And just hasn't been there this year. 243 is the time when we come back. We got some more uh, calls and texts that we'll get to. Plenty of feedback on the Sam and Ash text line. 69187, keyword R&R, and also 702-365-9200. Raider Nation listener line. What needs to happen for the Raiders to get back on track? How do they correct the issues that they've had the past couple weeks? And then, also, eight games are left guaranteed. What do you think the Raiders will do with them? This is Raider Nation Radio 920. It's unnecessary roughness. The judge, Lester Hayes, joining us now. That's YQ. Of course, our team kept winning. Kept winning, Q, because of our training. You got to put in the work and the time and the perseverance and the patience to train your body and train your brain. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. I don't think I'm going to ever do a best of Unnecessary Roughness show. But if I do, that interview with Lester Hayes would definitely go on it. Because, man, that was a fun interview. My man Jesse showed up at the Oyo on Monday and was sitting there next to me talking. He said, Q, where can I find that interview, man? I want to run that thing back. That interview with Lester Hayes was awesome. So if I ever did a best of show, I'm probably not going to. But if I ever do, that's definitely going to be on it. Now, I got about 10 more minutes left in this hour before we get to my guy Jay Morrison from uh, The Athletic, who's going to talk all things Cincinnati Bengals. He'll be headed to town this week. So we'll get all the insight on on what's going on with Cincinnati as they come off their bye week. And uh, they're sitting there with a record that's uh, very similar to the Raiders. It's sitting there at 5 and four. So we'll get that coming up at three o'clock. Uh, did want to hit a couple texts that I got on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword RNR. Around midseason is when the good teams start to separate themselves from the rest of the league. And that's exactly when the Raiders have collapsed the last three years because they aren't capable of raising their level of play. If the Bengals kick our butts, I won't be surprised. And I kind of alluded to that on yesterday's show. You start to find out about teams and really know who they are week eight, week nine, week 10. And then you start to see teams get into their groove and, you know, teams start separating themselves. Some teams start separating themselves. Again, we've seen, you know, the Rams lose a couple in a row. We saw the Bills lose against the Jets. But for the most part, when you get around this time of year, teams start to separate. You start to see who's real and who's not. Even though Denver beat the brakes off Dallas, I still don't think Denver's a real team. (laughs) <laughs> just based off what you saw, you saw Philadelphia handle the, handle their business against uh, against Denver. I just don't think that they're a real team. So uh, you're spot on with that text. Uh, around this time of year is when you start to find out who's a real team and who's not. And it's up to the Raiders to say, hey, we are a real team. We had a couple bad weeks, but we're back on the grind. We got eight left, and we're going to show you that we're a good team. That's on them to make that happen. Let's go out to the Raider Nation listener line and talk to our guy, Raider Tone. What's on your mind, my man? Welcome to the show. Hey, what's up, man? It's always cool, man. We got a format to talk. I mean, like I keep going back in the old days, back in the Bay, man. You couldn't get this. You get this twenty-four-seven Raider talk is is great. And we're, one more real thing, too. The caller before said, uh, uh, "Oakland used to sell out, man." I'm a Raider fan for life, but I remember they had a tarp on for years, man. They, yeah. Uh, yep. There were times where they they could they couldn't get us sold out. Um, my other thing is, what are you seeing with the offensive line that my boy JJ, I call him Josh Jacobs. Um, I, I hate to keep saying durability. I'm not going to say that. But uh, is he not seeing the holes? Are the holes being open? Um, I'll let you answer it off the air because I know Lincoln was, was, was going off last night. And the other thing is um, I had us at 6-4 and four after, se- after seven games. Um, I had some people saying 8-2. and 6-4, um, and four, man, you got to get it right to Sunday. Man, start Sunday against the Bengals, man. I think the Bengals um, 
are going to play their, their, their Super Bowl this weekend, man. I think they're going to bring everything they have. Uh, their quarterback is pretty decent. So, hey, man, great job like always, man. Enjoy the show, man. Thank you for the call. Thank you. I do appreciate you. That's Raider Tone right there. And, yeah, the offensive line, man, it's just there's – there's times where they look good. You know, Andre James takes a step forward. And I, I just think that this this line, which is not constructed and not playing the way that it was constructed to begin with, the you know, the season was supposed to be completely different. Leatherwood was supposed to be your starting right tackle. You know, Denzel Good was supposed to be your right guard. Uh, you're supposed to have Richie Incognito there at the left uh, guard position. That hasn't happened at all this season. He And again, I've said it multiple times, I don't think he plays at all. In 2021, he might not ever play again. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, seriously, in the NFL, he might just be done. He's 38 years old. We all know what it'd say about Father Time. But speaking of Raider Tone's call, where I think we're, because you you were one of those guys, you say a game can't be a must-win game, like, basically this this early in the season. Right. Like, well, you're still mathematically involved. Still yeah. in it. Mm-hmm. But it was something that the Chiefs players were saying all week after the game. It was just like, Patrick Mahomes was like, I just need to get my swagger back. And that was, like, the whole mentality in the right. offensive room. Yep. And, like, the Raiders need to take a page out of that book. Don't play like it's a must-win or this game's the Super Bowl. But y'all just need to get y'all swagger back. Yeah. And just, like, get that energy back. Yep. That's, that's all that needs to happen. That's you don't a have great to, way to put it. You don't have to go into this game like if we don't lose, like the season's pressing, over. Right, you don't yeah. have to press. But we just got to get back to what got us here in the first place. Look, so just man, you get need your to, swagger back. You know, I'm going to put this as bluntly as possible. They need to stand in the mirror, grab their stones, and say, you know what? I'm the baddest <laughs> dude on this field. They need. I'm serious. Like, sometimes you got to have a stone check. I, I know. I mean, we all know what we're talking about. Every once in a while, you got to look in the mirror and say, hey, man, I'm the baddest dude here. You can't tell me nothing. That's what they got to do. They've got it, like you said, get your swagger back. I like, like that. Being in these opposing team locker rooms where Tyron Matthew, where he was just like, hey, him guarding uh, Waller, where it's like, hey, you got to put best on best. Mm-hmm. Where sometimes you just got like, they ain't not better than me. The right. dude across from me, he not better than me. Right, exactly. And I feel like they just got to have that mindset. Yes, you're you're spot on. You're absolutely right. That's a great, great point. Thank you so much for that. How about uh, Perito in East L.A.? You like how I said that, huh? Uh, welcome to the show, my man. What's on your mind this afternoon? I'm feeling I'm feeling good, man. I'm I'm flying out to Vegas tomorrow for the for the game on Sunday, and then I'm going to fly from there to Dallas and back to Vegas and back to L.A. Nice. So I've been going. To, my first game was '77 with my dad because he used to drink with a lot of the Raiders at the airport. The ones right. that would drink because yeah. there was other ones drink milk. Right. And I've been around for a long time. I had season tickets in L.A. I had season tickets in Oakland, and then when I moved to Texas, I'd come back and forth. The only games I've ever missed was when I was in uh, Desert Shield and Desert Storm. Mm. Only time ever. And I never get bitchy. I hate losing. You know what? I think our tackles last week were soft. You know, everybody's going for the ball and not going to just smack somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, it's irritating when the best hit of the whole day was our punter. Punter, AJ. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. And going vertical. And, and you know, Deshaun fumbled the ball. His first game with us kind of sucked because that was a big switch, too, you know? But I think the fans, uh, I'm going to say this real quick. The fans need to be more behind the team instead of everybody always online. You see on Facebook and all that, everybody's quitting on the team. Get rid of Carr. Dude. Oh, I, I can't even watch this. Man, I'm watching it. I'm, I'm losing money on it, too, because I bet and I have I fantasy football. But I have my players are all Raiders, you know, basically. Right. And I, I felt good. At the beginning, I was winning during the season. And I took a big beating this weekend. The Chiefs weren't that much better than us. The score doesn't show it. But you know what? We were packing really soft. It's not regular football. You know, I mean, we need to just get back to basics, man. You got to hit somebody and plant them in the ground. I'm not saying to kill them, but you know what I'm saying. Right, right. Yeah. Bring a little bit of aggressiveness. Yeah. Hey, man, the quarterback's got to go down. He's got to go down hard, and so do the rest of the players. 
You know, tackle. You got to have some tackle. You got to be aggressive when you tackle. Yeah, you're right about that. And that's one thing that's been going on for a while, though, uh, in the NFL in general, is a lot of people, they'll go for the ball. They'll go for the strip. They'll go for the punch out instead of go for the tackle first. You know, that was what was so great about Peanut Tillman and Charles Woodson, obviously, was that they would tackle, and while they were tackling, they would go for the punch. They would go for the knockout. Instead, now people are just trying to reach in and, 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 and yank that ball out. You got to get that guy to the ground. You got to train your body and train your brain, like Lester Hayes would say. One more quick call. Ryan and Mizzou, what's on your mind? Welcome to the show. What's up, kids? Shout out to the respected alum. Bruh man from the fifth floor. <laughs> That's right. Bruh man from the fifth floor. What you doing? Chilling. Having a sandwich. <laughs> I'll try to get here too quickly because I know y'all up against it. Our defense has been most consistent. Bright spot on our team. Uh, last week, we did not dictate the pace on defense because of our lack of personnel. Like Isaiah Johnson to, lo- to lock down Kelsey. But Mayock chose to keep Amik Robertson, who was a healthy scratch for the game, and that tells you everything you need to know. When our offense struggles, we need to give more turnovers on defense, which requires us to play more aggressive, but we do not have the healthy personnel to be aggressive and not get burnt. At times, Solomon Thomas plays with low awareness, so he needs to remain mentally engaged. It's ironic that Max Crosby got mic'd up for the weak Giants team and not against the Chiefs in a primetime game. If you listen to his mic'd up, the entire thing is Max giving commentary rather than Max dominating. Max usually needs a camera and people cheering for him to perform. He had both and let a third stringer, whom is a guard, dominate him. Andy Reid played Crosby like a fiddle. And I've seen Gus Bradley talking to Max on the sideline. So Max knows he is not being a complete player after the game. Max was saying, we this, we that, we, we, we. Max wear a, a C on his chest. I wanted Max to be accountable and say, I need to set the edge. I need to understand why Kelsey... The greatest player is fake blocking me. Because of this week, the Bengals may throw in a few wrinkles. The Bengals' offense is very predictable. And All right, thank you, my man. I had to had to uh, go ahead and shut that one down. we got to take a quick break. But uh, with Amik Robertson, he wasn't a healthy scratch. He actually is dealing with a hip injury. Uh, and as the injury report came out today as well, he's still dealing with that hip injury and did not participate. Uh, Jalen Richard dealing with the rib injury, didn't participate. Keyshawn Nixon, ankle injury, did not participate. Nick Wachowski, ankle injury, did not participate. And Alec Engel is obviously out for the season. 2.59 is the time when we come back. Jay Morrison from The Athletic will kick off hour number two, talking all things Cincinnati Bengals. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.